RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, Tech Tuesday again here on Reality Check Radio because it's Tuesday. Funny that. And Stephen Sykes joins me. Hi, Stephen. Nice to have you again. Thanks. How are you doing? Not too bad. Okay, so um, this is second on my list, but I'll go first because I've noticed it myself. YouTube keeps telling me not to have, not to be blocking ads. Now, I haven't even read what they're saying. (laughs) I just let the little clock pass in about, 10 seconds and cancel the window. But I have seen, I have seen something to do with blocking. So what's all that about? And it means so, I don't have to look into it myself, you see. Well, yeah, I, I can be the um, voice interactive um, encyclopedia. Okay. There you go. Yep. So, so YouTube have been cracking down on ad blockers and, and globally it's uh, – usually via people who have add-ons and extensions and other programs that prevents YouTube from serving ads to you when you're watching content um, on their channel. Yep. Um, but of course, um, this only affects a minority of people who actually use ad blockers and using them is actually against YouTube's um, terms of service. Uh, earlier right. this year, they did come up with um, pop-ups like what you're just describing and they have a timer on it, so you're forced to have to watch it um, and 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 read it. Um, and then, um, in some areas, they have gone on further than that to warn users who are still using ad blockers that they won't won't be able to watch more than three videos unless they turn it off, which is basically a nudge to get people to use their YouTube Premium service. Ah, uh, yeah, because that they, they they give you the option of of signing up to that and not having to watch ads. I think yes. that's what they said. Is that is that correct? That is pretty much it. And that said, um, even though others haven't been able to replicate it, there have been claims by people who use Microsoft Edge Browse and Firefox that they've had issues even when they're not using a blocker. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, a bit interesting. Um, you should, used to have a... A premium light service which just remove ads um, and you can still watch stuff but it didn't have extra bells and whistles that the um, the higher tier premium has which allows you to watch videos for offline viewing and other stuff like that but when they implemented the um, the light version they only had it in some European regions just for a short time and then they killed it off entirely okay well I mean, YouTube, when it started out, was really cool because I know it started out in someone's garage, mm. and it did um, it did change things. But um, I mean, can can you? What sort of attitude should you have to um, a platform that censors stuff, nakedly well, censors? I mean, I don't have much loyalty to that. I got to say. Well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in, in the same boat, and at the same time, most people are, probably aren't using an ad blocker. Yeah. So it's it sounds like the Sony thing all over again. Let's go after the minorities and make an example out of them. So obviously they they are feeling that um, that you know if if you're not uh, having their ads served, you're kind of bludging off them. I guess that's the, I guess that's the view that they take. Yeah, but that's the problem. They censor stuff, and they are kind of normie mainstream now. So that's not very cool. 
No, it's not really cool, but, you know, when um, everyone goes to them to watch some videos, then it's it's their system, so ultimately they can... Yeah, true. So, lo- so long as it's not illegal, they can kind of do that, even if it might feel morally awkward. Yeah. So that's a, just a, a question of... Because you get the little ad blocker tab, right, and you can individually you can unblock sites, and that would be how that works, is it? Yes, um, and then of course you can block things upstream uh, from your computer if you're using something like Piehole, which looks at all the internet traffic going through your home network, and if there's things that include um, trackers. Um, advertising websites etc they'll get blocked then so they won't even make it to your computer whether or not youtube actually detects that i'm not too sure but you can be rest assured it's yet another cat and mouse game and i think it will be those who shall we say aren't technologically equipped will be the ones that will bear the brunt of it and for those who have an appropriate skill set they'll just whatever and just work around it yeah, they're, they're banking. <clears throat> excuse me, they're banking on most people not knowing how to do that, or yes. not making the effort, or not even being aware. Do you think they're, um, boy, are they? Uh, it can't be getting tight for YouTube. They're owned by Google, so it's not like cash flows down or something, is it? Yeah, I um, I don't know. Is somebody looking for something to do? Someone's pet project? I've got no idea what what kickstarted their motivation to to do this. All right, so that explains what you're seeing. If you've been seeing that, like I had been seeing it, but I, uh, this is the thing. Isn't it funny how human nature works? I know something's up, but because I don't care, I don't, don't even really look at it. I just, like I say, let that little clock go and close. And oh yeah, here we go, just as usual. Yeah, but uh, now I know. Carry on. Keep calm and carry on. Okay, now um, one of the news stories we had late last week was this. Um, summit on ai in the uk and you know some heavy hitters there and maybe you'll go through the list but i know king charles did a, sort of like a, a taped drop in there and uh i think uh, rishi sunak uh, has addressed the this uh, conference um the uh, or summit elon musk has had words to say i think he's attending it so yes is this a significant this sounds like some sort of significant gathering this is it is very significant. So the the two day summit, which even includes um, representatives from China, um, so there's other big heavy hitters. You know, you've said Elon. There's um, Brad Smith from Microsoft. There's uh, Google DeepMind CEO Desmond Hassabis. There's the okay. Meta AI chief. There's Sam Altman himself. There's people from Nvidia um, or Advanced Risk Machines. IBM, Samsung, Amazon, so a lot of these big tech companies. Um, there's others who aren't going, but they're sending representatives, so like um, Biden, Justin Trudeau. Uh, well, there's Fish- no point in sending Biden because he wouldn't know what the hell he was doing there anyway. No, he, no, he, he, I don't think he can string a coherent sentence together. They'd like yeah. to understand AI. AI doesn't apply. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he might need some. I don't know. He might need some. Um, so, yeah. So this safety summit, which interestingly is in Bletchley Park, where um, in the UK, yes. where a lot of the um, decryption stuff happened in World War Two. Um, so the idea, of course, is to try and make AI safer. This is a genie that is never going back in the bottle. 
Um, even Biden has actually done an executive order with um, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to try and make things better. And it's all supposed to cover stuff like the usual stuff, you know, security, privacy, civil rights, workers' rights, and competition. Well, they don't honour any of those anyway, so what's the point? Well, no, it's just not going to page, really. But um, the two the two key categories they're looking at is the misuse and loss of control. So loss of control is is what you think. It's It refers to a situation in which the AI could be um, turned against us and whether you're thinking of dystopian Terminator analogies or um, something less subtle or more subtle, I should say. Um, so we'll see what actually comes out of that in, in practice. Um, I mean, it sounds like a promising start. Hopefully they're not all there to conspire to do the opposite. I don't, I don't believe anything they say because there's too no. much benefit um, that can be derived from AI if you're sneaky. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we need to have um, fair um, AI landscape so that, any advancements and benefits are just not in the hands of a small number of companies. It needs to be free open source because it helps to ensure yeah. that we can verify the authenticity and the safety of everything that um, they claim to be making. So well, there was a, we had a story um, again last week where one of the pictures, I haven't actually seen the picture, but it was well described and it was a, a credible news source from memory. And that was um, of um, uh, supposedly a scene out of Gaza when, with some guy carrying, you know, three dead kids and a dead adult or something like that out of rubble. Turned out that it was an AI picture. You could tell because all the limbs were wrong. Hmm. There were the wrong number of toes on one of the or two of the feet of the people. And that um, uh, some of the imagery looked like it had been sort of like, in a weird way, melded together you know so um it, it was a a bit of a clumsy ai attempt and i suppose it's early generation but you know so many people believed it yeah and part of me wonders if if that was um either a test to see how much people were paying attention you wonder you wonder, you wonder um or maybe it's the old saying that um do not attribute to malice that which can be explained by stupidity well, it just shows you how you can drive emotions in, well, in this case, in a conflict, but that's usually where the emotions are highest. And you can kind of set up um, or, or um, um, initiate emotional responses from people that that can, can change the way something is supported or otherwise, you know, at a global level. So the, the danger of that, oh, yeah. And then when people are high on emotion, the capacity for logical, rational thinking goes out the window. So that's you when go. you've got when a person's got six toes, you you wouldn't think to to analyze it because Well yes, no one looks that hard, you see. Exactly. You know, when there's wars going on, people do die. That's a consequence of them. And yeah. so when they see a picture that's charged with emotion like that, they see what they see on their um, at face value and not deeper. And they're calling for the destruction of those who did that. You know, um, so you see how that works. So I, I I agree with you. The genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. It's not going so back in. <laughs> we just need to figure out how to handle it. I mean, everything or a lot of things that are new have their um, 
break-in period, if you like, and something like AI can be quite useful if harnessed appropriately. And with all technologies, I made the comparison of a simple knife. You can use it to spread avocado on your toast, or you can use it to harm someone. To hijack a plane. To hijack a plane. Yeah. Though, look what's been done to us in the last three years. Would you trust any of those people with AI? Nope. Honestly. Not as far as I could kick them with my steel cap boots. No, and I'd like to do that sometimes. Pardon me. Anyway, get in, so get in line. now Musk has said something quite dramatic. He said that um, in the hands of what does he call them? There was a word that he used. Um, it'll come to me. But in the hands of basically people who think that human beings are a blight on the face of the earth, that um, AI could be used to. The utility is to clean up the problem, I think is what how Musk put it. And the problem is, you know, to to lower the population of, of people. That's that, that what he was alluding to. And he was he was pretty serious. He said that on Rogan before he went to this this yeah. um, meeting. So yeah. at least someone's ringing the alarm bells at that level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could remember the word he used. Maybe as we chat some more, I'll, I'll try and uh, look it up. Anything more to say about AI? I don't think New Zealand's represented, is it? Not that I'm aware of. Um, we'll see how it all rolls out. But, yeah, it's all the big t- all the big players that are turning up. I'm surprised Jacinda isn't there. Well, <clears throat> didn't she get a, a role somewhere relating to AI in the US? Is it Harvard University? I think that rings a bell. Yeah, that's the payoff for injecting getting the quota of injections? Well, maybe she could do with some artificial intelligence because I don't think she's got any real stuff. <laughs> well, she's got some cunning street, well, some sort of cunning from somewhere, maybe learned in the fish and chip shop in Morrinsville all those years ago. Yeah. Who knows? Okay, so um, that is that. Um, what about, uh, oh, I should have asked you, any feedback from listeners? Uh, just one person who um, gave some advice for when you were checking for incandescent bulbs. If yep. you want to make sure that you aren't buying um, a dud one off the shelf, just hold it up to you and give it a little jingle. And if you can hear um, Christmas bells in your ear, then put that one back. It's a bit like it's a bit like checking um, uh, a carton of eggs when you buy it at the supermarket. You open the box, and are they all there? And are any of them broken? I thought you were going to say, you, you know, you shake an egg and you can tell that it's okay by listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the egg talks back to you, I think I'd put that back anyway. Yeah, that's right. Or makes a little squawky noise. Um, so um, that makes that little tinkle sound if the fil- filament's it, damaged. Is that is that what we're listening for? Yes, that's right, because you can hear the metal banging against the other parts of the um, interior of the bulb. So what if every single one of them makes that noise? Oh, I think they need to go send them back and then go check out the back and hopefully they've got more. Because that's what happened last time we were talking about that. Didn't the person say they went and bought some and everyone was a dud? Yep, that's right. Yeah, okay. So that's all we've got in terms of, um, that's of it. incoming communication? Yes, I mean, if anyone really does have any first-hand experience of being blocked out from the Sony PlayStation Network. Um, oh, yeah, it, yeah. Please let us know because I'd be so curious to hear from someone who it actually happened to. So when you say blocked out, it's when the PlayStation account um, 
got lost because right. of the attack that Anonymous did, and where no one could use could use the um, PlayStation Network. So did they? Did Sony have to rebuild every account? I'm not sure if they had to rebuild it or they were able to restore it, but um, they had a lot of undoing to do. And because all that would be backed up, wouldn't it, at that scale? Well, yeah, you'd hope so. Yes, you would well, certainly hope so. It might not be. Well, you never know. Um, you just never know. Sometimes this is why you've got to read terms and conditions, which um, which is an utterly boring job. Um, but we're gonna when we get to talking about the privacy of cars um, very shortly, um, that is a very pertinent um, issue to be keeping in mind. But um, one other news thing I wanted to mention was, um, and this was actually sent in by one of the listeners, uh, Anthony, so thanks so much about this. He sent a link um, about nearly a 1,000 ultra-low emission zone cameras that have been um, attacked and brought down, either damaged or um, something else uh, bad happened to them. Should we say bad in inverted commas? In the yep. central London area. Oh, um, this was an is an attempt to try and halt the tax of twelve pounds fifty a day if you bring your car into central London and it's not considered um, an ultra low emission vehicle. Oh yeah, climate nutters again. Yep. Yeah. So this um, this uh, tax came in on April twenty ninth. Um, on a funny April 29th, 1997, was the date they gave in the movie um, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. That's when the end of the world was going to happen and the okay. Holocaust <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so the, Just a coincidence, mate. The, I know, just a coincidence, but it's funny how the mind connects old memories. Um, yeah, it's, it's so, all in the numbers. So on the numbers. So they've set up a whole bunch of vans with a and um, ANPRs in them, which is automatic um, number plate recognition cameras. So if people who are driving around going to go target these cameras can be identified. And some people have been arrested and the officers who are trying to make sure they can locate these people um, are also dressing up, covering their faces, putting sunglasses on in order to blend in. Um, oh. Um, so... Yeah, they're not too keen on paying twelve dollars, so twelve pounds fifty a day. Well, you, you don't um, want to be you don't want to be fleeced for something that they're making up. This is the problem. It is the problem. Yes, you know, and at the moment it looks like it's he said, she said on that. So, um, and, and also it's it's that ongoing surveillance, and yeah. you know, if you want to be free, you can't. It's intolerable being surveilled that much. So. You know, I don't think people should break laws, but I've got no sympathy for those cameras. I'd no. go trash them, go crazy. I mean, in in, in my opinion, um, out of all the many challenges that we have, um, the biggest um, bee in my bonnet is the one about surveillance. Yeah, that, that's where I'm it's, coming from. Yeah, it's it's um, like when you've got 15 minute cities, so you could not have any tech at all. But the moment you walk out your door and there's cameras watching you, tracking you, and then as things like facial recognition become become more commonplace, you'll be yep. tracked. You drive your car around um, and if you're driving in an area where you're not supposed to be or you don't have an ultra-low emission vehicle and you're driving somewhere you're not supposed to be, then bang, you get um, 
a bill at the end of the month or you get a fine, like here's the daily tally, here's where you were, here's the date and time you were there, you're in a, spla- in a place you're not supposed to be, and this is does sound very dystopian, but it's all completely plausible, and in my view, it's just around the corner. Well, and some might say here already. And okay, Sadak Khan, he's the mayor of London, isn't he? He's the little yes. pinhead who's always going on about this. I've got an idea. Let's put a camera in your bedroom, mate. Oh. So we can all see what you get up to at night. Probably not too nice to watch, but, you know, let's keep tabs on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. So are we sympathetic to the loss of cameras? No, not really. No. Not me anyway. No, I'm not. In fact, you're almost doing God's work by destroying them. Boy, I, I'm going to get into trouble if I go too further down the road on on this. But but that's part of civil disobedience, isn't it? Well, that's the only way to get stuff done. When, when words fail, that's the next logical step. Yeah. Okay, and I wonder what that's worth in terms of damage. Those, what you say, a thousand cameras, or what they're probably a couple hundred quid each, are they? No, well, I'll be more than that. There'll be probably a few thousand. So we're looking at probably millions of pounds worth. Yeah. Um, and ultra low emission vehicles are expensive vehicles, which, which means which means it's a class warfare action actually, because in the end, working people, common people. Um, are unlikely to have the money lying around to buy these low-emission vehicles, electric vehicles mainly, I would imagine, uh, so are always going to be the one paying fines if they want to go anywhere. That said, um, in New Zealand at least, when the rebates were around, I mean, they're coming to an end um, later this year, but um, that included petrol vehicles with smaller engines. So if you like had a one point three liter engine, then you then you'd be a, you could get the rebate. So I know that in the UK, a lot of people tend to drive diesels because of the cheaper because of the various car taxes they have. So um, it doesn't say that you, it has to be electric. It oh, okay, just, all right. It would it would be potentially a vehicle with a small engine because I think I think. In the UK, the vehicle registration is based on engine size, whereas we don't yeah. do that in New Zealand. Well, I see a lot of people yes. driving around on those big uh, explorers. You know, they seem to be popular. Yes, yeah, they're like the, truck the, size, like yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> you just drive over the small EV in one of those anyway. <laughs> Get out of the way! Oh, I, whoops, sorry, just drove over you. Okay. All right, should we get on to that topic of uh, privacy issues with modern cars? And whoever would have thought when the Model T was rolling off the production lines back in the day, um, uh, what, in Dearborn, Michigan, or wherever they they were, that uh, one day um, privacy issues would, uh, would, would be a problem with cars. We see these days when people go buying cars, the first thing that's not on anyone's mind is how is this vehicle going to violate my privacy? Exactly. It's crazy when you think about it. It is. Um, so what we're talking about today is um, the result of Mozilla Foundation, who have spent um, between three people 600 hours researching privacy policies around cars and the car manufacturers. And they've come up with a list of 25 um, companies who are guilty um, up to their eyeballs. 
Now, I'll read them all out to you um, in the order of least bad up to the worst. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and we start off with Renault, then there's Dacia, BMW, Subaru, Fiat, Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, V-Dub, Toyota, Lexus, Ford, Lincoln, Audi, Mercedes-Benz, Honda, Acura, Kira, Kia, sorry, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Hyundai, Nissan, and Tesla. That's in the order. Tesla. So isn't that ironic? Well, see, I think some people would probably go, oh, well, it's an EV company. Well, yes, it is exclusively an EV company, but that has nothing to do with it because all the other companies I read out do both. Yeah. But the reason that Tesla um, got the worst is because um, out of all the categories that um, Mozilla were doing, which included the data usage, the control of the data, the, the company's track record, and AI. Now, Tesla is the only company that has AI in their cars at this point. And there's um, Elon Musk warning us about AI. Well, there might be some things going on he doesn't entirely know about or he wants to um, spruce up his act. I'm not too sure, but... The reason that Tesla got a got a, a mark against the AI thing was that that was um, considered um, untr- untrustworthy, um, and untrustworthy means that um, you might not be able to turn the AI off. Um, and there's other things that can't be determined. So if you can't determine it, then how can you trust it if you can't work out which way up is? Yeah. Plus, also. Um- those vehicles would have what the most sensors in them, the most sort of yes feedback yep. systems in in them. Yep, yep. Um, and I think that um, you know people wonder how much data that Tesla collect or that how much Elon Musk has got. But if you think about it, Elon Musk is a public figure. I mean, if I were to ask you, can you name any CEO of any of those car companies? Could you come up with one? No, no, exactly. So. Elon's just the public figure that um, they have a face that they can target. I mean, if I said the name Makoto Uchida, could you tell me who he was? No. He's the CEO of Nissan. Yeah, there you go. So he's not a public figure at all. No. No, um, no one would know. Unless you're a car freak, you'd, you'd never know. No, you wouldn't know. Um Tesla have something interesting in their um, customer privacy notice. It says, and I quote you, If you no longer wish for us to collect vehicle data or any other data from your Tesla vehicle, please contact us to deactivate connectivity. Please note certain advanced features such as over-the-air updates, remote services, and interactivity with mobile applications and in-car features such as location search, internet radio, voice commands, and web browser functionality rely on such connectivity. If you choose to opt out of vehicle data collection, with the exception of in-car data sharing preferences, we will not be able to know or notify you of issues applicable to your vehicle in real time. This may result in your vehicle suffering from reduced functionality, serious damage, or interoperability. Well, but what could those things be then? <laughs> Goodness knows. I mean, if you think about it, a modern car is a computer on wheels. It's a computer you you sit inside of. Yeah, but I mean, when you buy it, it works, right? So yes, what what's it going to suddenly not work because it doesn't well, know um, something? Yes, 
because there are some things that it cannot, um, there is no internet connectivity, it cannot do stuff. So, but you, Surely you can have connectivity, be, but shut off some aspects of the functionality. Well, that depends on how the software operates. Yeah, okay. Well, it, it sounds like, um, yeah, it's not much of a choice. No, it's not. It's it's not a choice at all. Um, and if we if we go to the second worst um, company that's listed, which is uh, Nissan, they um, have some of the um, creepiest categories of data that the Mozilla Foundation have ever seen. Okay. Um, you should know that uh, Nissan collects things such as sexual activity. What? What do you think? But if you think that's creepy, not to be outdone, Kia also mentioned in their privacy policies that they can collect inf- information about your, quote, sex life. And well, how do se- they do that? Well, Mike, well, depends what you do in your car, but hey, your vehicle's got microphones in them. And what? Cameras. And six other car companies say that they can collect, quote, genetic information or, quote, genetic characteristics. How would that happen? I don't know. I'm thinking, what happens? Does a needle come out of the seat, poke you in the backside and take a blood sample? Um, How bizarre. It is extremely bizarre, the fact that that kind of stuff is in the privacy policy for a car. Man. Well, it's there for a reason, isn't it? You wouldn't say it if you didn't didn't think you needed to to say it or state it. And as creepy as all this stuff is, you have to say at least they're telling you you just you're just not actively going to look at the the policies. But what's what's really awful is that um, like if the uh, one of the apps you can install for for Nissan, the Nissan Connect app, has in their terms of services quote, you promise to educate and inform all the users and occupants of your vehicle about the services and system features and limitations, the terms of the agreement, including terms concerning data collection and use in privacy and the Nissan privacy policy. They're not the only company to say words like this, which basically means that if you're going for a ride in your friend's car, before you get in, they need to educate you on the company's privacy policies. Like a briefing. Like a briefing. briefing, And by the time they've done that, you're late for anything you're going to go and do. And oh, give me, give me my 1974 hole in HQ, Kingswood, please. Yeah, well, I'm going to stick with uh, my Trans Am. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, genetic data. I mean, I don't know quite what they. I mean, the only thing that springs to mind are possible fingerprints, uh, sensors, maybe on the phone that links through to your app. But that's Stains the on the upholstery. Uh, yeah, stains on the upholstery, but that's a completely, um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, yeah. And it's exactly. like you say, a needle comes out of somewhere and... <laughs> and, and pokes you one. Oh, um, dear. Okay. But you see, and, and, and also because you tend to get um, these ve- these apps for your vehicles out of the Google Play Store or somewhere like that, then you need to say, well, hang on, Google, how come you're not doing a better job? requiring more accurate information and policing on and um, policing on the kind of data that car companies are actually um, collecting in the first place. Unless they're sharing it with them. Unless they're sharing it with them. So, I mean, they do have a, um, 
data safety information um, in the Google Play Store, which you can then go and read, but who's going to go and want to trust that, let alone read the thing? Yeah. Um, and because one thing that the data safety information um, document says that, quote, data can't be deleted. The developer doesn't provide a way for you to request that your data be deleted. So if you went to a car company, depending on the legal jurisdiction they were operating, and you said, can you please erase all the data you have about me? They're under no obligation to do so. I think in some places like California, where I think they have strict rules around this, then then that would be different in somewhere like that. We should have a regime for this here, shouldn't we? We should. For, de- for um, dealing with this. Yes, but, I th- but, you know, New Zealand, we're a bit slow to catch up on a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, um, you know, uh, I live only a stone's throw away from a Nissan dealer. In fact, I'm looking right now, I can see those um, flash new Nissan cars sitting on the lot. Yeah. They'll all have that technology in them, won't they, if they're, if they're new? Yep, yep. If, if they're new. So a- another car company I'll pick on, I'll pick on Toyota mostly because they have been a staple of the New Zealand psyche for many, many decades. They sure have, yep. So the Toyota app lets you do things like start and stop your vehicle, uh, lock and unlock it. You can set predetermined privileges for guested drivers. Privileges. Um, You can find your car um, if you've misplaced it. Yeah, that Um, happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, And you can even, and it'll even monitor how you drive to tell you if you suck or not and to tell you how you could potentially get better, which reminds me of, um, I remember the very first time you and I chatted, we uh, talked briefly about, I think it was AMI, one of those insurance companies where you could install the app on your phone and it would, That's right. yep. you would um, get presumably some kind of um, decrease in your premiums if you were determined to be a good driver. But of course, they collect all that other information about you and this. In my opinion, it's not worth it. I'd rather pay the higher premium. Yeah, because they're selling it off anyways to someone, aren't they? Yeah, and do you want them to actually know all that stuff? No. no I certainly exactly. don't want them to know about my sex life or genetic makeup or anything like that. No. Just for the privilege of driving their, their little car. Yes. So that app I told you about, the Toyota one, that works for, for most vehicles, Um in two thousand from two thousand and eighteen onwards, Toyota um, vehicles. Yep. Yeah, and um, so it, that um, apparently um, is good for all of their car connected services, except the Supra. Um, the Supra has its own application for that, which strangely um, links to BMW's privacy policy, um, and so trying to follow all of Toyota's. Privacy documentation is uh, yeah, it's a bit of a mind job. Why, why would it link to BMW? I don't know. I don't know if they've got any kind of um, alliance between the two. Maybe there's an affiliation. I don't. I don't know. Toyota go on to say that they can collect a whole heap of personal information on you through your car, the Toyota app, and their connected services. This includes everything from personally identifying information, such as name, address, phone number, email, online identifier, social media ID, and demographic information, such as your age, to identify behavior, such as acceleration and speed, steering and braking functionality, and travel direction. 
to lots of other information about your car, including its vehicle in the, you know, the VIN numbers, um, interior and, ex- and exterior image data, so with cameras and other sensors that are in the car, facial ge- geometric features, and, and a whole lot more. So that's facial recognition in your car? Yep. And earlier this year, back in May, Toyota admitted that it had left the location data of over 2 million Toyota and Lexus users exposed and unsecured for 10 years. Oh, wow. And then a little while after that, Toyota again admitted it had left the data of another 260,000 car owners exposed in a different security incident. So this is where... Again, like I was saying earlier, your car is becoming more and more like a computer with wheels. So now you've got car manufacturers are now finding themselves closer in the tech space, like your Googles and and goodness knows what other companies that are collecting personal data about you and then storing it somewhere. And I wonder if the dealers it. I wonder if the dealers are making the buyers aware of all of this. That's a great question. Um, if I were to be slightly cynical and maybe even partially realistic, I'd say they probably are completely unaware. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a difference between being unaware and and not disclosing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So, well, you know, starting to view cars as like different beasts now. Like they're just another way to blow your cover. Yeah, well, if you think all that stuff I talked about was scary, um, and at the same time you've got an Amazon Alexa or Google Home in your house, well, it's the same kind of thing. It just doesn't have wheels, but it's listening in. Well, if if you've got the combination of both, there's no time in the day or night that you're not, that that, well, you're being monitored, basically. Yes, you're being monitored, you're being observed. Makes you want to go bush. Yep. Or just uh, either drop your tech or um, be mindful about the technology you are choosing to use. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, the thing to, the thing to take away from this is that um, you shouldn't share your mobile device location. If you get such a vehicle, make sure the previous owner has erased all your information from the car before you get it. And likewise, yeah, how do you even know that's been passed- done? Because the old way of buying a car was you turn up at the guy's place on a Saturday, go, oh, yeah, it looks all right, hand over the cash, and that's done. Yep, done. And definitely do not use the car company's connected services, so don't install their apps. So, you know, just so you can have fancy bells and whistles that actually do nothing. I mean, if you if you lose your car in a parking lot, just pay more attention. Um, reminds me, I went to an air show in Australia once, Avalon, out uh, near Melbourne, and it was a it was a big show. It was two thousand one, oh two, something like that. And uh, hired a rental car, parked there, got there early because we were part of the media uh, media team. And um, in the meantime, of course, thousands, tens of thousands of people arrived, and so uh, went back out at the end of the day. Oh, where's the car? Hmm. Because there's just a sea of cars now. Yes. Literally had to wait till there were about a hundred cars left before it became obvious. It sort of emerged out of this great sea of cars. Um, I, I remember that quite well. The thing is, though, those little gimmicks like you know, what remote starting and things like that—they're just mm. gimmicks. 
they they are gimmicks and they have them in case you know for people who live in environments where it could be really hot or really cold and your car's parked outside and like i don't want to go out there it's too cold so you you remote start your car and then and then the um, air conditioning turns on and warms the car up just to keep you what a bunch of pussies yeah just to keep your um your tush um warm when you get in the car suck it up buttercup What's what's the word for that? It'll be on the snakes and ladders board somewhere. You know, one of those long, <laughs> long snakes, indolence or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, okay, but people, but on the other hand, there are people who do like all those gimmicks. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and and I don't know if this if this uh, brings any um, uh, ease. Dating apps and sex toys tend to publish more detailed security information about any of the cars we've talked about. <laughs> Sorry, I beg your pardon? Dating apps and sex toys publish more detailed security information than any of the cars we've talked about. I can I can see dating apps because, yeah, but sex toys? Apparently. How, do they, how does that work? Well, I know how the toys probably work, but how do they <laughs> gather? How's the data gathered? Well... Everybody likes to connect things to the internet these days for some crazy reason. Oh, I'm just trying to work that one out. I'll, okay. I'll, let, I'll let that one sit with you. Um, this, All of this said, um, after all this uh, media stuff got released, something rather unbelievable did happen. The auto industry has started to defend their surveillance practices and it has even been speaking to international um, press and writing to U.S. Congress, claiming that they are, quote, committed to protecting consumer privacy. No, and they're he, not. And even called for regulation upon themselves. Oh, so yeah. That's the well, biggest lie. <laughs> yeah, well, you can say if they're getting defensive about all the bad press, then obviously the fact that this is now out in the open, then it's like, oh, Okay, uh, maybe we should pull our socks up about this. Whether or not they do, you don't know. Yeah. Gee, um, uh, soon you won't be able to have, have any anything that's useful that doesn't send data about you to some to something. There'll be like a a big um, opportunity to recycle older things that aren't connected. Surely. Yep. Or um, hack what hack what's there. Which goes back to, uh, interestingly, your comment. You know, when you were being the, playing the devil's advocate about, you know, you know, you should just leave the Sony PlayStation alone and not and not fiddle with it. Well, in in the case of our topic, we're talking about the privacy of cars. You want to do stuff like that. You you want to turn off those um, privacy yeah. um, um, eroding features. Yeah, you that's right. You, you that. want to have choice. Exactly. You you want to have choice, and um, who's to say that you shouldn't be allowed to change the hubcaps on your car or just change the wheel for a different design in the first place because you don't happen to like the ones your car came with? And hey, I can just go aftermarket and buy something that I do like and put them on, and I'm happy to pay that price. Yeah, without having to get permission or something. Yeah, I shouldn't be punished for it. 
Although, because the other things you can do, and a lot of cars have this, they have a thing called TPS, which is tire pressuring system. So it monitors the tire pressure in your car's wheels. And if the um, tire pressure gets low, you get a warning on the dashboard to tell you. Now, there's no wires um, connecting the wheel to the car. So they have a Bluetooth connection and all the sensors in the wheels um, have an address. So they're talking to your car um, wirelessly and it's monitoring the tire pressure in them and it warns you if things are not right. And then you can have sensors in the road which monitor for these sensors as you're driving past. So you can actually identify a vehicle without a camera, just the fact that it drives past. But again, you know, how often is a tire pressure issue an issue, really? Well, it can come up every couple of months. Oh, okay. So you're saving yourself that little tiny wee bit of effort to look. Well, it does. Well, Car tires can be thinner because, you know, because of the profile of the rim and the profile of the tire is then smaller to what really old cars used to be when they were 13 or 14 inch rims. So that's when tire um, pressure becomes an issue because it also impacts your economy negatively. Yeah. It, it just seems like, um, you know, it's going to be a world where no one does any, makes any effort to do anything. I know, and I think that's sad because it um, has the side effect of disconnecting you from the process. You're unaware of what's going on because it's hidden from you. Yeah, okay. Anything more we need to know? Any other stunning revelations? Um, No, I think that ties that up quite quite, uh, neatly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a pity that, um, you know, worthy attempts at uh, progressing technology come with this sort of downside yeah um again it's all in the um the will of the end user or the company who made the stuff it's so easy to sell this though on the basis of convenience and there's a certain and and gimmicks people yeah and there's a bit of a showing off component with the gimmicks there is and until you go and talk to people who who have an understanding as to what's going on is like, oh, yeah, cool, not. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anyone got a shock just before when you mentioned the sex toys. <laughs> like, what? No one told me that. Put yeah, a packet back through. in the box. Put it back in the box. Yeah, I better go through the sock drawer and see what's in there. Yeah, all right. Anything more to say on that? Are we done? No, I think that's it for another Tuesday. Okay, well, thanks, Stephen. Always uh, interesting, always interesting. And um, and people can process that, and we'll, we'll get back and do it again next Tuesday. Sounds good to me. We'll see you then. See you later. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.